You're listening to Outgrow Podcast, where different experts from the CBD and cannabis industry join us to talk about business and challenges they're facing. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Digital Octane. Digital Octane provides design and development services for companies from the CBD and cannabis industries. If you decided to set up your own business and want to establish an online presence, contact Digital Octane for a free consultation regarding website design and development. They provide a variety of options that will suit your specific needs. After work is done, you receive a fully functional site for your business, which you can use right away. To request a free consultation, go to digitaloctane.co or write to cbd at digitaloctane.co. So uh, basically, uh, why did you decide to get involved in the CBD business? And uh, what exactly does your company do? Uh, I, I'm not in the CBD business per se. Uh, I, um, I'm part of a, something called a venture studio, which is a kind of new configuration of venture capital uh, company. And uh, we do look at companies in the cannabis industry, most of them non-plant touching I think CBD uh, as a product is, is uh, particularly interesting. It seems to be uh, it seems to be a kind of super drug uh, in that it has a myriad of benefits, but very few, if any, side effects really. And uh, it's we find efficacy in certain illnesses using CBD that we can't find with other drugs. So so that's particularly interesting to me. Uh, we. As a, as a venture studio, we don't invest in CBD companies because uh, s- uh, some of our partners are agencies in the U.S. government, and then the U.S. government doesn't invest in like drug companies. Mm. So, so, uh, so we help in other ways. We build technology. We help with guidance. We help advisory. We uh, help make introductions and and other uh, like business related things. Mm-hmm. So, one of the latest investments you did is Juice Solutions, right? Jeff, yeah, yeah, we made an investment in Jeff. Uh, they're trying to automate the uh, bud tender. So when you go into a dispensary, you have to talk to a bud tender. Bud tender thinks about your needs and makes a recommendation. And all of that can be kind of automated with uh, artificial intelligence. And then we kind of built a recommendation engine for them that they're kind of uh, testing out now and trying to distribute now. Mm-hmm. So it's only for uh, recreational cannabis or is it for CBD as well? Uh, it could do it all. It uh, it really doesn't matter, and it really just, just depends on user preferences and getting uh, building the data set really. Mm. Oh, and um, it's interesting, you know, uh, how it works with uh, um, AI and uh, things like that, and uh, uh, how they gather the data for it. Like, uh, is it from you know person to person or? Like well, well I can't really talk about what GIF does too much. It's uh, it because that's really up to them to talk about. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, essentially the way most recommendations work is there's a user and they sign in and uh, you track their data or they permission your data in some way and then you collect it and then make predictions based on that data. Okay. So uh, I checked your LinkedIn and uh, it says that you work with, with the AI. 
a lot. So uh, the question is, uh, do you involve in some other companies that uh, are connected to AI? Maybe yeah, you can uh, uh, tell, tell us about them. I, yeah. I can't talk too much about other companies, <laughs> only because it's, it's dependent on their messaging and what they want mm -hmm. to talk about mm -hmm. and what they want public. So yeah, I, I'd really like to shy away from that. But I'm happy to talk about AI in general and happy about, to talk about uh, the work we do either at Excel Coin or at uh, Shadow Foundry. Mm -hmm. So the, the main question about AI from me is, uh, uh, you said that it might replace, replace bot tenders, but how do you think, uh, how valuable is the personal experience for a user? So um, could it replace it, it, it uh, can, people it, totally? It can, yeah. Over time, it will replace bot tenders totally because mm. uh, you can define a hard baseline for your technology. Whereas for a bud tender, a bud tender can come in the, uh, the dispensary and be having a bad day and then start below a baseline. So if you say mm -hmm. everyone has to start at this level, a human can start below that level because he, he or she could be having a bad day. But uh, mm -hmm. technology doesn't have bad days. You know, it, just, it just works the way it's programmed. Uh, yeah, and um, can you predict how fast it will grow? You know, where we're standing right now? and uh, how the future will look like with uh, AI in, in cannabis industry? Uh, I, I am unsure. I think the cannabis industry will grow. I think more people will use it. I think less farmers will get, will get involved. I think less companies will get involved, but more technology will be involved. And uh, it's not AI per se, but technology growth will increase and AI is part of what will what will kind of uh, uh, be the foundation of this new technology that that's uh, that, that'll come over the next five or ten years mm -hmm. so in terms of uh, investments there's a lot of uh, new businesses emerging in the CBD industry uh, do you think there's still a room for new businesses there or uh, especially for the ones that don't have a lot of budget to invest yeah I, I think there is a lot of room uh, like I had mentioned I uh, the industry is growing I, I don't think it is wise for people to get involved in farms anymore or um, parts of the business that touch the plant. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's much upside there, but on the other side, technology, I think there's there's a lot of upside. Uh, and uh, are you planning to invest in more like cannabis or CBD-related startups in the future? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like if there's anything absolutely. interesting in the market. Uh, absolutely. We're actively looking for investments, uh, even despite the whatever economic downturn people are talking about. Uh, we've got money ready to deploy, and then uh, we're, there aren't enough companies to invest in. From from my perspective, mm -hmm. there just aren't. So you told that uh, uh, U.S. government uh, doesn't want to work uh, direct, directly with the CBD companies. So uh, can you tell us how stable is the CBD market and uh, what is safer to invest, maybe CBD or THC, or like uh, what is better profit-wise as well? Uh, I don't think anyone should be investing in CBD or THC, just like I don't think anyone should be investing in, say, rice or sugar. And I think mm. uh, CBD is a kind of commodity in that way. Uh, I mean, it's as long as it's pure, 
it's the same across the board. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Uh, so, so I don't think there's upside to be found there. And then uh, I think uh, I think there will be CBD brands that win over time. Uh, for instance, like if you could think about the vodka, there are different brands of vodka that hit in different customer segments. And, and I think if you can win on brand story, you could probably do really, really well uh, being a CBD brand. Uh, again, you know, uh, I'm. Uh, I think where most of the upside is is in technology uh, and and how it'll be used within the industry. Like no one's really doing data analytics, for instance. Uh, mm-hmm. No one's really um, doing anything in terms of uh, AI to customize dosages across patients using medical marijuana. I think that's particularly interesting. That'll probably be a big business if someone gets a hold of that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think uh, I would say uh, I, I think this is the better way to go about it. I would say to someone thinking about entering the industry in some way, don't work your way up. I think there's uh, there's too many companies that are too exploitative. I think don't go into CBD unless you have a strong understanding of brand and how do you want to kind of uh, build that brand over time. Uh, I think yeah. if you have a pre-existing community of users for whatever it is that you do and you want to enter the CBD space, I think that's an interesting idea. I think if you want to work at technology, I think that's an interesting idea. I think uh, hmm. I think the U.S. currently produces too much CBD through industrial hemp and uh, supply far outweighs demand and then that will push prices down uh, in the near term over the next couple of years and then squeeze out a lot of people and i think uh i think this whole situation right now with this coronavirus is going to exacerbate that and probably uh, expedite mm. that and then uh, we'll see a lot of consolidation over time people buying up uh uh distressed assets actually uh, we we see from from the data we're collecting uh there's more investment activity in the industry, and it's mostly just uh, people who are well capitalized buying up distressed assets, and we see that increasing over time. So you think, uh, like you mentioned with vodka, uh, there would be a few CBD companies in future, like in five years from now, uh, there will be just like five main companies that produce it, and so the other the other ones will just go away. Yeah, probably it'll probably be like that. Like someone's going to win on brand. Uh, like uh, maybe another way to think about it is like ice cream. You know, someone will be a Haagen-Dazs. Yeah. Someone will be a supermarket mm. generic store brand, you know, and then they'll build their business models accordingly uh, to whatever margins they can make. Um, okay, so it seems like it's a good time for a tech company to enter the like CBD and cannabis industry. Um, do you have some recommendation regarding like um, finding investments in this for this industry? I think what's most important is that you build a business that makes money and then uh, uh, investment capital is like, you could think about it like fuel. So yeah. your car has to be on the way somewhere and then um, you add fuel to it so it can get there. Uh, but, you know, if you just need fuel yeah, for yeah. it to start to get going, there's no guarantee that, uh, like, the investor doesn't understand that whether your car will make it there or not. But if you're halfway along the journey, for instance, you know, you've pretty much proven that your your car can 
travel, you know, some distance and might make it to its destination. And then it might be worth adding some more fuel to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, in terms of investing in CBD-related companies like Jeep Solutions or any other, uh, what are the main risks uh, do you see uh, when you do it? And uh, in terms of regulations and like in terms of uh, everything else? Uh, I think uh, for us, uh, we we are 100% risk. So we we are pure risk capital. So it's not a good question to ask me. Like I would take <laughs> the biggest risks with the most riskiest people and just to see what happens. Uh, uh, but generally speaking, uh, yeah, of course you want to uh, kind of mitigate risks and then you might, well, I think the biggest thing to think about is it's not, investing or putting any effort into plant-touching businesses just because over time uh, the pressures from uh, from market forces are going to push prices down and then squeeze everybody out. And then mm-hmm. regulations also make uh, make it so hard to turn a profit. Like uh, you, can't, you can't, for instance, uh, make deductions. So when you pay taxes, you're paying full taxes. And that's, that's a, a big strain, a big invisible strain on uh, plant-touching businesses. Mm. So at Shadow Foundry, uh, you do only investments or you do something else? Uh, on your website, I saw that you also do like uh, websites or some other services. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about what you do uh, except uh, investments? Uh, we're a venture studio. And so what that means is uh, traditionally venture capital, what they did is give you money. And so they would look for something that is working and then add fuel to it, which is money, hopefully Mm -hmm. making whatever you're doing 10 times bigger, better, faster. And since uh, entrepreneurship has grown and the popularity of entrepreneurship has grown, uh, the number of bad ideas has grown, but also the number of good ideas has grown. But what hasn't grown is the number of world-class developers that you would need to really push the envelope in terms of uh, technological innovation. And because Mm -hmm. people had a hard time finding that, and I had a deep bench of tech talent, uh, we started out by uh, building technology for people. And then, uh, of course, the industries that we're involved in, we want to see grow. And then uh, to make those industries grow, we need capital. So we started providing capital as well. So, uh, so in a sense, we are we we do a kind of modified or or, or uh, evolved venture capital, and, and the the best term for it is venture studio. So mm. you could think of it this way: like we'll come on board and work with you, right? We'll build all your yeah. technology. We'll help you with all your strategy. We'll help you figure out what your business is. We'll help you with customer development. We'll help you build weird. Uh, weird kind of targeted ads that people don't know about because, you know, we're in it every day and, and we develop our own things. And then, you know, like if you need money, we'll help you with money too. You know, so we'll, mm. we'll bring all of that. So, so in, in a way, we're, we're a kind of a partner for, for business, but like a real partner that, that brings in a lot of value. And then mm-hmm. uh, what we want to see on the other side is just like, are you really, really going to deliver on the same promises because uh, well for me what's important for me is that everything is metric based everything i do is, yeah. is easy to measure yeah and that's interesting concept and um 
Uh, how do you look for talents? Like, uh, where do you find people or companies that uh, fit your, you know, requirements? Uh, for, for, I, I don't know, for people on my team or people I invest in? No, for, on, for, sure for, for, for investment and, uh, you know, for, uh, like, your services. Like, if, if uh, some I, company we, needs, uh, you know, some always, technical... We're always help. looking, so, like... Uh, People refer people to us. People reach out to us. I reach out to people. We have more capital than we could deploy. So it's uh, and even now, like we want to deploy a lot of capital, and just people are uh, people aren't pursuing it. And maybe there's some you know services or websites uh, that uh, which are good to be on for small business uh, or something. Uh, I don't understand. The question yeah uh nick means uh, how do you reach out to people how do you usually find yeah. people for investments if you reach out to them by yourself do you find them on linkedin or just check their website or how it's usually done uh, i i think uh, people who are doing business they make themselves known and social media is a big world but also a small world so it's easy to find people and it's mostly mostly on social media yeah mm. So uh, let's return to the like CBD uh, questions. Uh, why do you think CBD and THT were banned for so long in US? Because uh, like people were talking about it forever, and it just became legal. And I suppose not in every state yet, but it just became legal like a year or two ago. Why do you think uh, it took uh, so much time? Well, uh, well, Schedule One drugs—it's it, the philosophy behind Schedule One drugs. For, you know, and uh, I think, I think part of the definition is that there's no other use for them other than uh, recreational use. You know, people use it to have fun, and so uh, I think uh, I think there's a balance there between you know people who want to have fun, and then you probably need some regulation. <laughs> You know, just to make sure dangerous substances stay out of the public hands. So, you know, mm. it was uh, part of that, uh, part of that thinking. I, I mean, I don't think it was wrong per se, but uh, I think uh, some of the uh, like to ruin someone's life over over having a joint, you know, smoking on the street. That happened to a friend mm. of mine who who actually uh, he's he's the one who led the church on marijuana decriminalization in the United States, and you know that's what happened to him. You know, he he went to prison over over a joint on the street and then that ruined his uh his career in uh mm, he was, was going to be a, a physicist actually so regarding uh the future of the industry on a global scale what do you think will happen to other countries do you work with companies only from uh, united states or maybe from canada as well and what do you think will be uh with other countries do you think that more countries will start legalizing uh, marijuana or uh, how do you think about it yeah i think that the benefits are so um substantial that uh that countries will be kind of compelled to legalize it's it's just um i mean it it helps cbd in particular it helps treat uh certain types of epilepsy for which there are no other treatments and yeah. uh it, it'll probably be the same for certain other conditions for which there are no other treatments but cbd could do a good job of it and then uh, i think at some point we're going to figure out um um, not just the biosynthesis of CBD, but like biosynthesis at scale. So it becomes incredibly cheap, like uh, like maybe aspirin. 
uh, paracetamol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at that point, you know, you could buy it in a drugstore. It'll probably be top shelf or over the counter where it's regulated like, uh, like pseudoephed- pseudoephedrine is regulated. Uh, but uh, I think it, it's, it's such a helpful substance and with so few side effects that, yeah, at some point, everyone will figure it out, you know, and how beneficial it is. It, it's just we have to get over this uh, cultural hump where everyone thinks it's part of, uh, you know, because it came out of, it was born, its popularity was born out of the drug business. So, you know, like we, we have to get over that hump and then uh, people can see, see it for what it is. Yeah. So um, you mean that uh, it uh, will be possible to produce CBD and uh, substances like that, uh, not from, uh, you know, the hemp itself, but uh, by synthesizing. And it means, means it will be like much faster too, right? And uh, how soon it will happen, how do you think? Yeah, I, I think uh, a team had figured out how to, how, uh, how to make it CBD, um, how to produce CBD in yeast, and and that's probably a good way to go. And then if yeah. you can figure out how to streamline that process so you can make it at scale, uh, I, I think uh, I think that's that's the only part that's missing. So once they figure out that engineering and that whole procedure, I, I think uh, I think CBD sounds very cheap for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in terms of automation, uh, do you have like uh, some examples of the companies aside GIF Solutions who already use automation yeah, in the CBD I, and THD I industry? Think, I think, uh, uh, in terms of uh, like, like I said, I can't t- talk too much about portfolio companies. I think it's mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, well, I think what's what might be more helpful is if I talk about what I think can be automated. Uh, So, for instance, I think uh, pricing can be automated, like price lookups. You know, uh, pretty much every Mm -hmm. task that a person goes through to to kind of uh, figure out what they want and then purchase and then have delivered uh, and and, uh, and in addition to that, uh, the weighing of uh, cannabis products. I, I actually think the touchscreen of a smartphone can be used as a scale, even though I know it's an ongoing joke in the community. Uh, and uh, I think we're going to release that product actually for, for free for everyone, just just to uh, let mm-hmm. them know it could be done and, and it could be useful in that way. So things that are useful to the end customer and it's really just... The end customer, if I were to be frank, doesn't really care about uh, AI or automation or anything like that. They just want to buy weed, to be frank. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, uh, yeah, how do you think it will look like? Like the consum- consumption, I mean, like um, is is it will be still smoking or it will be like uh, tinctures or something? I, I think uh, I think uh, people who subscribe to different subcultures within uh, cannabis uh, will want to smoke uh, and and that will probably never end but I think new the newer users the CBD who are looking at for um, health reasons they don't mind the tinctures they don't mind the capsules uh, they, they don't even mind uh, like lotions and, and I actually think that's a, an interesting 
place to go if someone figures out the whole uh, skincare with whatever um, derivative compounds from from hemp uh, could be used for that. I don't think anyone's really done that well, and I think that's 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 probably interesting in the future. So. Um I suppose that uh, delivery uh, business has grown a lot because of the current situation. Uh, what do you think, um, like, uh, will people go to the stores in future or it will be only de delivery? And uh, uh, what kind of uh, CBD-related businesses can grow, like, in near future? For example, if a person wants to invest, what do you think? Uh, well, for the investment, I would focus on technology almost exclusively. Uh, it's probably the best thing. It, it's probably the easiest out of all options just because uh, even though I think one or two brands will win over time, I don't know what those brands are. I don't know what they look like. I don't know what the founders look like. Um, mm -hmm. And in terms of uh, your other question, which is what uh, delivery services, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you reiterate that, that other question? Yeah, I suppose uh, in terms of percentage, uh, right now, not a lot of people go to the store to buy ah. uh, like THC okay. or CBD-related products. Uh, and I suppose that the delivery has grown a lot uh, right now. Uh, delivery is hard only because you can't do it over state lines. Uh, so uh, that's going to continue to be hard in the near future. Uh, I think uh, stores, in-store growth. I think most stores will close. I think the stores mm -hmm. that win over time are stores that really deliver on experience. So uh, what can drive a lot of uh, uh, physical kind of consumer engagement in a store is, is whether people want to take pictures of your store to share on whatever social media platform they're on. That's, mm. that's incredibly popular and it's a, it's a really strong motivator for people. So if you can win on that experience, so instead of making it uh, look clinical, if it look more like a lounge, for instance, uh, mm -hmm. if you're able to serve cocktails with it, that might be interesting. I know there's an underground uh, kind of community in New York that uh, does uh, cannabis dinners And the dinners are amazing because the chef is amazing in these amazing venues. And then people want to take pictures, but, you know, like you can't geotag these pictures because it's, it's all illegal in New York right now. Mm -hmm. so you, but but yeah. part of the experience isn't the cannabis because you can have the cannabis at home. It's, it's the experience of going out, having this underground dinner with people that are interesting mm -hmm. and, you know, and being made this meal by this Michelin star chef, you know, and uh, yeah, mm -hmm. having a good time in that, in that regard and being able to have all these kind of secret photos. I think that that's really compelling. And I think, it, I think the, the dispensaries that focus on that, that customer experience, the, those will, those will probably last. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can relate it to like the Virgin company uh, when they had like CD stores back in the 90s or 80s and uh, they just sold the CDs in their markets, in their stores and uh, like people came there just to like listen to some music uh, to talk to each other and they had like really great uh, user experience in terms of the store itself. So it may be like something similar. Maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. I do remember those stores. <laughs> yeah, and maybe there, there will be like, you know, 
different classes of brands in cannabis industry. Like division will be uh, more distinctable. You know, there will be premium brands and some, you know, commodity brands and things like that. How do you think? Right, 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 right. I had mentioned that earlier. Like, if we were to think about it like ice cream, there would be like a Hagen Dazs. Oh, yeah. There will be like a Ben yeah, & yeah. There will be a yeah. supermarket brand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, basically, that uh, were all the questions we had for you. Like, uh, uh, maybe you can tell us a bit, a bit more about uh, your studio. Like, how can people reach out to you? Uh, what is the address of your website? And for what kinds of services they can reach out to you? Uh, shadowfoundry.ai uh, we there's an there's one contact form on our site and we mm-hmm. all emails be funneled through there that way we could uh, kind of screen for spam and uh, yeah I, th- I think if you have something interesting yeah you should reach out we don't uh, charge for anything we don't fund cannabis companies just because we can't mm-hmm. but uh, we do fund deep tech and then like we have an unlimited well, practically speaking, it's unlimited. We have more money than we could deploy. So it's, uh, you know, like de facto unlimited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're happy to, we would love to do 300 deals a year if possible. But, you know, it's like, it's not going to happen. There's three of us, you know, we can't, mm-hmm. we can't look at that many deals and do our due diligence on that many deals. But, you know, like uh, if you, you have something great, reach out. If uh, if you don't have something great, you should probably not reach out. <laughs> you know, just because there's only a, uh, three of us, so we can't look at every uh, application seriously. And we were actually, to be frank with you, kind of peeved when people waste our time. Like we invested in the U.S. and in Myanmar, so like someone in Australia uh, reached out to us the other day, and we're like, no, you know, it's like it's very clear. We make everything very very clear, you know, because you know, like we don't want to uh, mislead anyone. You know, we want to mm-hmm. be really straight up, but we expect the same. So, like, if if, uh, if that sounds like something you wanna you wanna get involved with, then yeah, sure, go to the website, fill out the form, send it to us. Do, do you give some kind of advice for businesses? For example, if they don't need investments, but they just need like a consultation or something like that. Sure, absolutely, yeah, uh-huh. and we do come on as a uh, like a like a board advisor every now and again if we think it'll really make an impact in the company. And it's mostly related to tech or it's related to business, uh, like growth as well? Uh, we Overall. really care about impact uh, and not just like in social issues, but impact in the world, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, business growth is part of that. But because we're super early and we like to be the first money in, uh, we're, we really talk about um, how to get it to the point where you're ready to make money. Uh, and so I think that's really important for a lot of startups is, is that there, there are a lot of startups that we see aren't up until like A or B are not ready to make money. And that's always a disappointment, but we don't, we mm-hmm. don't really vocalize that. 